Gentlemen, you are listening to the GERD UP Podcast, and my name is Charlie Ungemach. I love doing this podcast. I really do, fellas, and there's two reasons why. First of all, I really enjoy digging into the word and digging into writing about the word, uh, particularly writing about masculinity that's based on the word, um, and just learning, man. There's, I, I'd never get to the point where I've learned enough. I never get to the point where I say, you know what, I know everything I want to know about God, I know everything I want to know about masculinity, I know everything I want to know about who I am and what I am and where I can go and how I can grow. It just never comes. And I don't think anybody who really takes their study of the Word of God seriously ever experiences that either. I think it actually, the opposite is true. I think it's a sign of uh, weakness. I think it's a sign of complacency. It's a sign of, of small faith. If you get to the point where you say, I know enough, I don't need to know any more about my Savior, I'm, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. I think that that's a really dangerous thing, actually, and uh, I would warn against it. But that's not the case most of the time for me. Uh, I certainly have my ups and my downs. I certainly have weeks and days where I struggle uh, to get into the Word the way I should. But uh, this podcast is an outcry from that. Um, I really, truly do love talking about this and studying it. And uh, the more I study it, the more I learn, the more I want to share, um, and the more I want to help other men grow in grace and knowledge of the truth, because it truly is grace and knowledge of the truth that sets men free to be the men that God created us to be. And that's exactly what this podcast is about today. Today's episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples Podcast. Now, you've heard me talk about the Christ for Disciples Podcast about 170 times now, but I really, genuinely do love and enjoy the Christ for Disciples Podcast. I work with kids every single day, and I'm not even a dad, and I love the way he talks about raising kids up in the Lord, the way he talks about preparing our children for a future as leaders in the church and in the kingdom of God, um, and making sure that we don't screw our kids up too bad um, by doing the crazy things that we as sinners often do. The Christ for Disciples podcast is run by Pastor Paul Steinberg, who is the pastor at the New Wells Church in Milwaukee that's based at one of the Hope Schools. Uh, He is also the leader of chaplains in schools, ministries in Milwaukee. They're doing awesome, fantastic things. There's got a lot of... um, just a lot of spiritual growth going on in Milwaukee. If uh, you work with kids, this is an excellent listen, an excellent daily listen for sure. But anyway, five days a week, Pastor Paul Steinberg applies God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to discipline the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. That's ChristForDisciples.com. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Iron Men of God Conference. Now, Christian men today face many challenges in our increasingly post-Christian world. One of the most important challenges Christian men face is defining what it means to be a Christian man living in this world. Iron Men of God, formed in 2014 by a group of laymen from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Exonia, Wisconsin, works to address this challenge through the Iron Men of God Men's Conference. Each year, Iron Men of God Men's Conference speakers help attendees sharpen and strengthen their faith by using God's Word to clearly define our roles as husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders in our families, churches, and communities. Attendees are also encouraged in their faith by fellow brothers in Christ. 
Join us for our conference next year and be strengthened and encouraged in your faith as well. Now, the featured speakers this year are Pastor Ben Sadler of Victory of the Lamb uh, of, in Franklin, Wisconsin, Pastor Mark Parsons, who you're going to hear from next week on this podcast, uh, Pastor Greg Lyon, who serves at Wisconsin Lutheran College, and myself, Mr. Charles Ungmach. Um, from Milwaukee. Now, as iron sharpens iron, one sharp one man sharpens another. Uh, I would love it. We would love it if you join us at Iron Men of God for the seventh annual conference to hear God's word aimed at straight at men. Um, enjoy a delicious catered lunch and worship with your brothers in Christ. Um, high school and college-aged men can register for free this year at the Iron Men of God Conference. You can do all of this at ironmenofgodwi.org. So it's ironmenofgodwi.org. Of course, the WI stands for Wisconsin. It's a great conference. I really enjoyed being there last year. I really enjoyed Look forward to being there again this year, um, both because it's great advertising for the show and I love to interact with guys who are passionate about Jesus, but also because I get to share this year some of my thoughts. Um, and, uh, man, I'm just really excited about it. I, in particular, am talking about how knowing God as he is shapes my own masculinity. Um, I'm pumped about it. I've written like six books on it. I've been posting about it on social media if you've been paying attention. It's a good one, guys. Go to it. It's an intimate setting. It's always great food. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great opportunity to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Again, that's ironmenofgodwisconsin.org, ironmenofgodwi.org. I would love to see you there. We would love to see you there. It's Saturday, March 21st from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at St. Paul's Lutheran School in Exonia, Wisconsin. Get online, look it up, get yourself registered, and I look forward to seeing you there. If you would like to see your podcast, your ministry, your book, your work, your business, whatever it might be advertised on the Gerda Podcast, make sure you reach out to me, and I will make sure that we make time for you on our show. God's blessings. Enjoy our podcast today, Saturday Morning Coffee on the Gerda Podcast. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Fellas, I hope you're ready for a good one today because today's episode is 100% about male sexuality. That's right, fellas. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about the good things. We're going to talk about the difficult things. We're going to talk. Actually, we're not going to talk about sex that much. We're going to talk a lot more about male sexuality. Um, and male sexuality is something that is talked about a lot nowadays, whether we realize it or not. Because every conversation about gender, every conversation about um Toxic masculinity, every conversation about um, you know where males fit into the world, all of those conversations are actually conversations about male sexuality. And that means it's something we really do desperately need to talk about and discuss, and it's something we need to understand, and it's something we need to appreciate and value. 
One of my favorite analogies that I've ever read was Gordon Dalby in his book, um, Healing the Masculine Soul, when he compared, and this is over a long chapter, um, but he compares male sexuality to a stallion. And the story that he tells goes something like this. There's a guy who's in a barn um, at night. Um, he has horses in the barn, and one night he goes over there, and he goes to check on the horses, and one of the stallions has gotten out and is trying to get into the stall of one of the mares. Now, the stallion obviously is not a gelding. He still has his balls, um, and he's trying to mate with the um, the mare who's in the in the stall, like in, in a different box like in a different style if you've ever been in a horse a horse uh, stable you you recognize what i'm talking about here they don't live it's not like a cow um cow barn where they're standing right next to each other they have their individual boxes that they live in almost like apartments or dorms or whatever you want to call them okay and he's trying to get in there so he can mate with the mare and as this man is trying to deal with the stallion the stallion's got a giant erection pardon my french there but he's ready to mate and he's got one thing on his mind, and it makes him incredibly dangerous. It makes him incredibly dangerous. And the, the farmer who's talking recognizes that he's in an incredible, incredibly susceptible position. He's, he's, he could easily become a victim of this, of this stallion if he's not careful. And uh, the, the imagery painted here is that this stallion... Though it is something beautiful and something wonderful and something wild and free and, and, and it's, it's a picture of, of God's mighty creation, is also incredibly dangerous if it is not under control, if it is not um, properly trained, and if it is not you know, kept well kept, you know. And the exact same thing is true about our sexuality as men. The reality is that male sexuality can be a very good and positive thing in the world. It can also be an incredibly dangerous thing in the world. It can be an incredibly destructive thing in the world. And if you grew up in a household that didn't have a male figure in it, I think you immediately recognize that. If you grew up in a household where um, the father figure in the home was abusive, again, you immediately recognize that. There's a lot of women um, who I get to interact with on a daily basis who have put found themselves in situations with men who were either physically, sexually, or emotionally abusive, and really all of those three things fit into one picture here. There is no separating the sexual from the emotional from the physical. They're all one thing. Um, and the reality is that there's a lot of men, the vast majority of men, don't have a proper handle on their sexuality, don't have proper view of their sexuality or understanding of their sexuality, and that does a lot of damage to a lot of men and to a lot of women and a lot of children in the world. So it is something we need to talk about and really get a grasp of and handle on. Uh, I love this analogy of sexual, uh, male sexuality uh, being like a stallion because a stallion is dangerous. A stallion is a wild animal, and it's very difficult to train. A stallion is often unpredictable a stallion is often just absolutely wild and free but if you can get a stallion well trained or if you uh, can get a stallion if you can see a stallion in its natural habitat it is an excellent shepherd and protector Uh, if you've ever done any research on wild horses if you've ever watched a a docu-series or documentary or anything on wild horses or even like uh, Disney's no not Disney Pixar's spirit yeah, spirit stallion of the Cimarron. You kind of get a picture of that, right? The stallion is very protective of his mares in a good way. 
he keeps them alive. He keeps the young uh, foals alive, the colts and the foals alive, keeps the mares alive. He's the protector. He's a wild thing that can t- contend with any other wild animal, including any of the dangers that wild horses might experience on the plains. It's an incredibly good thing and incredibly powerful and incredibly comfortable, comf- com- comforting. There we go. An incredibly comforting force for any uh, of the mares or colts or foals who are in the, 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 the stallion's herd. Um, also, a stallion is often faster, stronger, and more aggressive than its gelding counterparts. Um, in fact, a lot of racehorses, they'll wait till the horse is mature, that it's all the way mature. Like if it was a human, you'd wait till he was already a man before they castrate the gelding uh, so that the gelding doesn't miss out on any of the growth and uh, strength that um, being fully and completely male will provide. But then they castrate the male so that it's easier to work with. But if you can, if it, that's kind of a last resort. If you can get a horse, particularly a racehorse, to do what you want it to do and do it well and be safe without castrating it, that's obviously the better option. The third thing is it gives life. You can't breed a gelding. If you castrate a horse, it cannot bring new life into the earth. It doesn't matter how great the horse is. You might have the uh, a triple crown winner, but if it's a gelding, it's done. It's, it, it's, its bloodline is finished. It's cut short. It has no ability to get life anymore because it is no longer male. It's something else. Right? Um, I, I just did a little research on, on geldings and on castrating horses just to make sure I knew what I was talking about here. And I came across a quote that made me chuckle. Um, and it, but it's also very convicting, <laughs> and it fits very well in with what we're talking about here. Um, I, I, I came across a trainer who was making the case for um, castrating one of his racehorses, and a reporter asked the, the horse trainer, do you regret making this horse a gelding? Do you regret um, castrating this horse? Do you regret chopping this horse's balls off? And he said, quote, if I hadn't gelded him, he never would have amounted to anything. Look at my son. If I would have gelded him, he might have amounted to something. And we can all chuckle at that. We can laugh and we understand what he's talking about. But the reality is that's the way the whole world, much of the world, looks at masculinity. That's the way much of our modern American world views masculinity as something extra. The idea that if they were castrated, they'd be better off, they'd be better members of society, and we'd all be better off because they were castrated. Um, The headline on this particular article was, better to own a profitable racehorse than a potential stallion. And this is the way many people in our modern age, particularly Americans, particularly liberal Americans, view masculinity and manhood. Women who want a controllable and docile and domesticated man are going to push for him to be exactly that. Any woman who wants to be able to control her man isn't going to be able to be with a real man. He's not going to stand for it. Um, he's not going to allow it. He's going to take a leadership role just as God has dictated that he should. He's going to step up, and he's not going to be controlled by someone other than his Heavenly Father. So women who, these aren't godly women, these aren't Proverbs 31 women I'm talking about. These are women who have lost sight of the reality that God is, sits on the throne and that scripture is the foundation for all that we do and that God has created men and women different and given us both roles. Women who deny that and would rather control their men 
want a controllable, docile, domesticated man. They want a man. They don't want a man. They want a gelding, right? Employers who want a stable, workaday, routine, mundane man who's going to slave away for year after year after year, collect his pension and check out. They want a man who's going to be a slave. They want a man who's not going to ask questions. They want a man who's just going to do his job no matter what happens. They don't want a man who has a craving for adventure, who wants to get out of the office, who wants to rise among the ranks. They need a few of those men, and a few of those special men do get to rise through the ranks and end up being CEOs and executives. But for the most part, our world is run by executives who control workaday, boring average, domesticated men. Society believes that we, men, are dangerous, that real men are dangerous, and we certainly can be. The statistics about um, like male deviant sexuality are astounding and, and saddening. Frankly, they're disgusting. They're horrifying. I can't come up with the right words. They're just absolutely terrifying. Um, according to Fight the New Drug, who, if you're not familiar with them, they're, they're an excellent source for anyone who's trying to get out of the throes of pornography. So if you, if you are engaging in pornography and you want to get out of that, um, Fight the New Drug, along with Conquerors Through Christ, are an excellent place to start. An excellent place to start. Of course, um, real, true, pro- professional counseling help was always a good thing. But if you're just looking for a place to start, Conquerors Through Christ and Fight the New Drug are excellent examples of places to start. Um, but according to Fight the New Drug, um, consumer stats um, say that 64% of young people ages 13 to 24 actively seek out pornography either weekly or more often than that. 64% of young people ages 13 to 24 actively seek out pornography weekly or more often. Um a study of 14 to 19 year olds found that uh, those who consume consume pornographic videos are significantly greater likelihood of being victims of sexual harassment or sexual assault. Um, a study of 18 year old males found that frequent consumers of pornography are significantly more likely to have sold and bought sex than other boys the same age. Um, in to, a 2015 meta analysis of 22 studies from seven countries found that internationally. The consumption of pornography was significantly associated with with increases in verbal and physical aggression among both males and females. Um, a recent UK survey found that 44% of males aged 11 to 16 who consumed pornography reported that online pornography gave them ideas about what type of sex they wanted to try. Porn sites received more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month. Think about Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter and how much traffic they get. Porn sites get more traffic than that every month. 35% of all internet downloads in the world are porn-related. 35% of all internet activity is porn-related. The teen porn category has topped the porn site searches for the last six years, according to Pornhub which means that people want to watch young women, teenage girls, and the younger the better. That's what they prefer, right? The most common female role stated in porn titles is that of women in their early 20s who are portraying teenagers. It's disgusting. It's awful. 
Recorded child sexual exploitation, known as child porn, is one of the fastest growing online businesses. 624,000 plus child porn traders have been discovered online in the U.S. alone. 624,000! Between 2005 and 2009, child porn was hosted on servers located in all 50 states, every single state. Porn is global, an estimated $97 billion industry with about $12 billion of that of those dollars coming from the U.S. In 2018 alone, more than 5 million, I'm sorry, 5 billion, 517 million hours of porn were consumed on the world's largest porn site, which is Pornhub. 5 billion 517 million hours of porn were consumed on the world's largest porn site. 11 pornography sites are among the world's top 300 most popular internet sites. Of the 300, again, the 300 most popular internet sites in the world, 11 of them are porn. Lesbian was the most searched for porn term in the world's largest free porn site in 2018. And the world's largest free porn site has also received over 33,500,000,000 site visits during 2018 alone. Again, the world's largest free porn site received over 33,500,000,000 site visits during 2018 alone. Male sexuality, when unleashed and un- uncontrolled, is absolutely destructive and awful and terrible and wrong. I don't have the words to describe just how disgusting and destructive it is. And it results in situations like we're in right now, such as the fatherhood crisis in America. Did you know that um, more than 19 and a half million children That's one in four children in the United States live without a father in the home. One in four. One in four. And those kids, those one in four kids who are those 19 plus million children who live without a a father in the home are four times greater, are at a four times greater risk for poverty. They are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. They are far more likely to have behavioral problems. They're more likely to face abuse and neglect. They have a two times greater risk of infant mortality. They are more likely to to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're significantly more likely to go to prison. They are two times more likely to suffer obesity. They are five times more likely to commit crime. And they are two times more likely to drop out of high school. Deviant male sexuality, deviant being anything other than God's design, is an absolute crisis, is absolutely wrong, and it absolutely is ruining everything. Not ruining our world, not ruining our country, not ruining our churches, not ruining our schools, not ruining our families. It's ruining everything. It's the darkness that we constantly hear about in the New Testament. In the epistle lessons, when we hear about the world walking in darkness, this is it. However, should a man walk with the Lord? Should a man get control over his sexuality, train it, channel it, use it right and use it well? Things are absolutely different. I am not an animal like a, like a stallion. A stallion cannot control his sexual urges. I'm not an animal, though, and I can. 
I can, by the grace of God, control my sexual urges. I can, by the grace of God, overcome sexual temptation. I can, by the grace and love and forgiveness and mercy of a heavenly father, have a renewed mind that will not sell out my soul, my life, my family to the devil in exchange for temporary physical pleasure. I can overcome my sex drive. I am a life giver as a man. I am a life giver and not just by sex. Men make other men. Sex is not the end of the process because children result. And men are life givers in every single way. Women who have active and present fathers in the home act like women. Children, sons who have active and caring and compassionate fathers in the home act like boys and act like men. We are life givers, fellas, if we choose to be present, if we choose to use sex the way God wants us to. The men, of God, the men that God designed us to be are not enslaved to this world and they are not enslaved to the pleasures of the, of the flesh. I understand what it's like to be tempted by sex. If you've ever listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that I, when I was young, and frankly, still now, do struggle with the temptation of porn. Now, I don't use porn anymore, but when I was a kid, it was a huge struggle and a huge challenge. I understand what that's like. I'm a 27-year-old virgin. That's not something that happens easily, particularly if if you're someone that actually goes on dates. I understand the temptation, but even more than the temptation, I understand the love of a father who promises blessings if we choose to do things his way. Gentlemen, there is absolutely no reason why with a loving and compassionate Father who cares for us and who promises to give us the fruits of the Spirit, we cannot get our sexual appetites under control. I'm not telling you to stop having sex. If you are a married man, have sex. Do it well and do it often. Make it an active part of a relationship with your wife. But If you are a married man, it needs to be with your wife and with your wife alone the way that God designed it. There's no porn. There's no masturbation. There's none of that else going on. You and your wife together. That's it. If you are a single man, you are doing absolutely everything you possibly can to sanctify this gift of a sex drive, of sexuality, to tie it to your faith, to understand that it is a wonderful, blessed, and beloved gift given by a father who wants us to be wildly and passionately happy, to enjoy this wonderful gift that you and I will experience one day when we find that wife, that Ezer Konegdo, that woman of God who God has designed to, fi- to build in us completion that reflects his love and mercy. Understand what sex is. Understand that you are not a stallion and that you can, by the grace of God, choose to use sex as a tool to build the kingdom of God, to build a healthy and happy relationship with the spouse, and that that is the proper use and no other use of sex is 
appropriate for a Christian man. That's the gosh darn honest truth. Fellas, you can either be dangerous and destructive, you can be life-threatening if you do not take care of yourself, if you do not keep your house in order, and that includes your sexual appetite, your sex drive, and the way you choose to use sex. If you do keep your house in order, and you do do it the way God chooses to use it, the way God designed it. There's an entire book of the Bible dedicated to the sexual relationship between a bride and her new husband. God loves it. God blesses it. God encourages it. At the end of the book, he pulls the curtain and says, Go and enjoy. Drink deeply. Enjoy the fruits of my love for you. Sex is and can be an absolutely wonderful and cherished gift of the Father. See it as such. Treat it with reverence. And use it the way God designed it and commands us to use it. And all great blessings will result. Have an awesome week, fellas. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.